a little taste of the title track from M.A. Alfonso's latest album, Boy. It means, I'm on my way, I'm coming, in Spanish. And it seems right for this final episode from Havana. Cuba is on its way. You cannot deny the culture, you cannot blockade it, you can't shout it down with Radio Marti. Cuba is coming to our shores. And it is doing so on the wings of writers and plastic artists and musicians like the guest of this episode, M.A. Alfonso. M.A., her name is just the letter M in Spanish, is descended from music royalty in Havana. But she has found her own path to power. As you will hear, she's not just a musician, she's a connector and the driving force behind the Havana World Music Festival. When we talked earlier this year, before COVID was even a faint rumor in Havana, we talked about the 2020 festival. That, of course, never took place, but I've left that part of the conversation as is, as a little memorial to all the great concerts, all the brilliant culture, everything that was taken from us this year. But you know what? The new year is just three days away now, and the Havana World Music Festival will rise again in 2021. So book your tickets, ready your ears, and start right now with this interview with a true Cuban original, Emmy Alfonso. This is Nathan Thornburg, and from Roads and Kingdoms, you're listening to The Trip, drinking with exceptional people around the world. Okay. Hey. Hello, hello, hello. That's yeah. it. Okay. What, what are we drinking, Emmy, and why? Well, I'm drinking a glass of water. Because you asked me if I want to drink coffee and I told you that I didn't drink coffee. It's weird for a Cuban to say that doesn't like coffee, but uh, I think we already have coffee in our blood. So <laughs> You're saying like generations of Cubans have endowed further generations with enough like pure black cortadito in yes. the blood that, that you my, don't need to have it. My whole family drink a lot of coffee. A lot. And I think Jungers' uh, generation just don't like it. It's something that is new. <laughs> I think so. This is crazy. Because, I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to blame kind of Cubans broadly for my coffee addiction, mm-hmm. um, which is unshakable. And here we are, the, 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 the smart ones, the young ones are getting <laughs> out of the coffee yes. business, leaving me old and addicted. <laughs> with. And Cuban coffee is really good. It's really, really tasty and... Very famous, but I think it's for selling. <laughs> You'd rather see it exported, exported away from MA land. Okay, <laughs> all right, fair enough. So MA, we have a lot to talk about. Okay, uh, but let's just get started with music and and how you got into it. It was a family thing, like coffee, right? Yes. <laughs> well, I grew up in the family of musicians. I, in my life, music of being like. Um, Every in every place, every day, every my whole life, my mom is a singer, my dad is a bass player, and they have a very famous band called Synthesis. So I grew up in this uh, environment of music. I 
already knew a lot of musicians, very famous musicians that used to come to my house to talk with my family, you know, just to hang. And, and so, and that would just be a part of growing up would be jam sessions with... Yeah, everywhere. My birthday parties were big jammings <laughs> where everyone just came to, to eat some cake and, and just talk with my family, you know, about music, always music. What the, So who were some of the musicians? I mean, Synthesis is obviously... One of the one of the huge bands of its day. Who would come by and and, and hang out and play? Uh, for example, Carlos Varela was one of my family's best friends. Uh, Amauri Perez, who is also a great singer. Uh, Santiago Feliu, wow. who just passed away some years ago. Uh, Fito Paez, <laughs> one of the most important singers in yeah. Latin America. You know, the, it was like a natural thing to see this kind of people in my house. For those who don't know Cuban music, and I still have much more to learn, but like that's a pantheon. That's essentially yeah. like a, you know, a, a, a Mount Olympus of Cuban musicians. Exactly. Just coming by for cake. <laughs> yeah. Well, in that time, you know, we were in a special period. I, I grew up in this uh, moment in Cuban history where there were no. Uh, food and stuff you know so every reason to just um, meet and eat and drink a little bit was good and uh, also my brother's generation uh, my brother is X Alfonso he's also a very famous musician he own he's a director of the Fabrica de Arte who is one of the most important places here in Havana uh, it's a venue, a big venue. I don't know if you have... Uh, we, we we know it well. I mean, I know Equis also. Uh, mm-hmm. He was part of the group that we brought in to Texas for South by Southwest. Okay. <laughs> I got to go uh, guitar shopping with Equis in, uh, in, <laughs> in, nice. in Austin. So, uh, uh-oh, Cuban telephone. <laughs> They're running. What's it? There's like a party line here, so the phone belongs to this house, but also to the house next door. Okay, they share the yeah, telephone. This they, is very common here. Yeah, it's it's amazing because when I and, and I used to be, I used to know more about this stuff, but now it's so foreign to me. I pick up the phone and somebody else is like, "No, no, this call is for me." <laughs> so anyway, I um, have a name for that. This is a tropi drama. Tropi drama? Yes, it's uh, like a tropical drama. You know, you never know what is going to happen. That is so true. And you can always, like, I just remember when it, those few times I could call friends down here, the, the, the uh, you know, somebody would pick up and I'd be like, hey, you know, I'm looking for Henry or something. And they would, the yelling would start, the, you know, the kind of going down the apartment, where's Henry? Where's Henry? You know, and you, you could, it was just like a, uh, a door had opened into the entire apartment building, you know, <laughs> and you all of their lives. There you go, tropi drama. Like whatever was going on, you could be listening to it for quite a while until somebody finally found where Henry was and got him to the phone. Um, so, all right, well, we'll leave that plugged in. It'll be a nice little soundtrack. <laughs> okay. Um, so yeah, so Equis is 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 also one of the big ones. I mean, what what they've done with Fabrica is yeah, it's is, amazing. It he... is amazing. Well, he is a very famous singer, and he stopped his career to dedicate all his time to Fabrica. It, it was, he had the project in his head, very, very clear, and he 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 made it. I think he he made one of the most incredible plays in the whole Cuba, uh, where 
all arts they are all together you know dance theater uh cinema music uh visual art everything so it's a great uh pleasure to to work with him at the beginning of uh, of fabrica so you were also involved at the beginning yes at uh -huh. the very beginning uh just like to I was in charge of uh, music programming and I met a lot of musicians in this uh, first years of Fabrica. Uh, you know, when Fabrica started, everyone want, wanted to play there. So I was the one who talked in English. <laughs> okay. And I was answering interviews about Fabrica, about this mix, because Fabrica is a mix of the private. Uh, sector with the government mm -hmm. sector so this was like an experiment it was complicated to explain for ourselves how to to work with both part and yeah. do art you know in first place right so so you were also kind of a a, 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 a portavoz a, a, yeah a kind i think of a so. front um, a publicist or something for what you guys were doing yeah um, face a well-known face i think they needed at that time. Um, it's still in this kind of weird, semi-private yes. zone, though, right? It's still, but it, it works because I think um, you know the specialists who who run every place um, of fabrica. There, there is a specialist in every area. So there are actresses, there are dancers, there are musicians. They know what they want, and that is something that is very important for the venue. Uh, they have um, the studies, you know. So it's just an intense collection of super curators. Yes, but exactly. It is, you know, and even, I don't know, even the fact that it's kind of in this a bit of a gray area that doesn't, doesn't actually, you know, it doesn't, it's not really licensed as a place. It's not, not licensed. It was funny, I was talking with Ailed at, uh, of La Marca mm -hmm. uh, over there and tattooing's in kind of the same position. <laughs> but Cubans are amazing because, you know, They'll just go and, and create the facts on the ground <laughs> and just build the business and make it. Exactly. And now, and now, you know, Fabrica is there. Like, there's, yeah. you know, there's no licensing scenario in which somebody is going to uh, turn that off or something. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's you and Equis. Uh, are there any other siblings? No, we are just Equis and me. Oh, Thanks, wow. God. Yeah, I don't need more brothers and sisters. <laughs> with Eggies is too much, you know. He's like the big brother, but with big ideas, and and my family is too noisy. Everyone just is screaming the whole time, and I think I'm the like the the the, the small one, the the girl, the last one. I have my my own uh, character, you know. <laughs> uh, so you're you're sometimes being shouted down by all the other Alfonsos. Yes, out there. and you know, Eggy's music is also very strong, and my my family's music is very strong, and I prefer to do like more jazzy, more soul. Just to be away from the all that noise, no? Yeah, Ekis's amp definitely goes to eleven. I think that's just his his nature. Mm -hmm. um, I, did your parents ever tell you about why giving you, you know, M or X, or did you choose those names for yourself? No, of course not. That that's my name. I grew. I, I born. I have. I've been born with that name. So, uh, it it was my my grandfather idea. Because my mom, you know, here in Havana we have letters in Bedado, uh, our streets 
are L, M, N, you know. Right. So um, the hospital isn't as very close from L Street. But my, my grandfather was driving hurry with my grandmother. Just um, She was about to, to have my mom. And they, they couldn't find the L Street. And the L Street, where is the L Street? And when my mom got born, my, brother, my mm, grandfather just thought, let's call her L. And my mom's name is L, L in Spanish. Just L. L. So that's where it started. Yes. Okay. And also my, my brother was like, what name will be okay? Well, let's call him X, like L. And with me, it was like the same. <laughs> is this going to keep going? Is there going to be another generation no, of Alfonso? No, I don't Alfonsos? think so. No, my son's name is Cairo. Okay. I have a baby. You have a baby. Yeah. Was your family mad? They're like, what do you mean giving him a whole word for a name? <laughs> We're a one-letter family. No, 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 I don't think so. It's, it's too complicated. I have Mary, uh, a lot of history with our names. It's been a little bit confusing, you know. People doesn't uh, believe that they're all our names, so um, I don't think it's... it's, it's um, it's cruel for for my baby just to continue this tradition. No? You you want to release him from having to explain again and again. And yes, again. no, no, please. <laughs> my name's not Mary; it's M. Um, well, Cairo is a beautiful name. Uh, Cairo, yes, yeah. it's, it's like the capital of Egypt. Yeah, so he'll be able to just go through and have other stories that he tells <laughs> about his naming convention. Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at ritual.com podcast. When you started to develop your own musical style, um, and for me, it seems like there would be a lot of pressure, no? Yes. Famous was. musical family. That was. How do, you, how do you deal with that? Or, or you're just kind of, you have the confidence to know, listen, this is in my blood. I'm going to do my thing. Uh, it was complicated for me because at the beginning, uh, people expect me to do the same music as Equis or as my family of my synthesis. And I had my own idea about what I wanted to do in my things, in my music. And I heard a lot of jazz music. I love jazz. And uh, I grew up with a lot of good uh, jazz player. As for example, uh, example Alfredo Rodriguez, Alfredito, who is a great pianist. He's living in, in Los Angeles with Quincy Jones, you know. Uh, also... Ariel Bringues, eh, El Negrón, they call him El Negrón, Rainier Elizarde. Um, I used to play with them, so I had another idea of music, of what do I want to do with my music. What was your main instrument? What was your first instrument? Uh, piano. Okay. I played piano. And that was, that was from the beginning, what yes. you were going to do. And I started to compose my music. It was like... I was inspired by Ella Fitzgerald or Billie Holiday, uh, also a lot of mu Cuban musicians uh, like uh, Benny Moré, 
I really love their voices and their styles, and I try to mix my influences, my roots, with that music. That's so funny because I mean, they, I, when I think of like Alfonso as the family music of musicians, it's 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 always kind of being at the at the front of yeah. like some sort of new sound. Mm -hmm. uh, and you were just born an old soul. Yes, you were like Benny Moray and Ella Fitzgerald. I love the old, the old music. Well, let's not call it old music. It's like cool music, you know. Um, and my dad, he loved rock music. He really loved Beatles and you know Pink Floyd. He used to hear Nirvana a lot. So I prefer another way. And um, at the beginning, yes, it was complicated, you know, the people was like shocked with my music, was like, this is not synthesis, <laughs> you know, but it was good because I think um, it's very different. I have my own personality and now I'm a woman and I'm a grown up woman, so uh, it's, it's simple for me just to um, do my, my own stuff. What is it like now, and, and Fabrica is also, you know, obviously part of the scene for playing out, but, you know, where, where does it stand with Cuban music now? Um, how how hard is it to to maintain a career? How much do you need to be traveling outside? You know, kind of where, where are we at in 2020? Well, um, I think right now we're a little bit stuck in Havana. You know, there is a lot of new projects wonderful new music a lot of artists going on but if you want to do like a serious career you have to travel and you have to try to find a company or a booking agency out of Cuba because from Cuba is um, for example internet <laughs> that is something very important for us it's very complicated to to just get uh, to put for example your music in Spotify or iTunes, you have to, to look for someone out of Cuba who help you with that. So if you want to be like a local artist, it's perfect. You know, you, you will have your audience and people is going to know you. But if you want to go like have an international career, you have to definitely move away mm. from here. Or have somebody who's working like very hard on your behalf. Yes. So in the past, people just have to leave Cuba to do that now uh, I think you have you can mix you can be in Cuba and you can go outside you have to 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 be in both part yeah which is complicated now also with the states have been hearing yes. that people are having trouble getting their visas renewed uh, for the state is it's impossible I think so yeah it's super complicated and uh also, um, you have to, yeah, you have to move to Europe or, for example, to Latin America. Not right now, state is quite impossible for musicians. Mm. If you want to tour there, you need a lot of paperwork. You have, a, you need a lot of money. You have to invest a lot of money to pay all the taxes and everything. So, yes, we are trying not to to work with United States market right now. Yeah, just trying to figure out who, who else will be your audience. Yes. Uh, it's a little easier to reach. And it's very sad because uh, uh, American audience have been great for Cuban music. Is Cuban 
music is very um, well received in in the state, and people just they want to know about what is happening with with Cuba, the new Cuba, the new music. Yeah, and I it's mean, very sad for us. It's just uh, I don't know. It's a weirdest thing because it's like this structure that's placed to just try to just cut the love off, you know. But there's a lot yeah. of love out there. I remember even my grandmother was a big compai. Yeah, <laughs> thought he was a very good-looking man, and you know, just Cuban music. Uh, I think people think it might have started with one of us a social club, but there had been orchestras that were yeah. traveling in the states in the 30s, 40s. You know, it's it's a long, long history. Yeah. Also, we had this uh, small time that when Obama, that everything seems to be different. Uh, I think we have like four good years. And we have a lot of exchange program to go there. People who wanted to come here to know by himself what is Cuba in the reality. And in that time, a lot of good musicians were making their careers in the state. Like, for example, Danai Suarez. Uh, she's a really good um, rapper, single female rapper. Uh, Alfredo, who I was mentioned before. Mm -hmm. Um... Daime Arosena, who also is a great singer. And yes, it's like now it's like close. <laughs> and they can't <laughs> For do it. everyone else. So, okay. I, We're yeah, waiting. <laughs> I know. And Daime was crushing it too. Like she was yes. selling out shows all over the place. And, and yeah, and then here we are. Where, where are musicians going? I mean, a lot of the ones that I know who aren't, you know, they're not at the kind of fame level of, 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 of you and Daime and so on, but they were just going to Mexico and, yeah. and playing in bars and making a decent living doing that. Mexico is a great place. Also Spain, France, um, Germany, for example, they are very open mindful of, about Cuban music and world music in general. So yes, we are traveling to Europe that is twice expensive And super complicated also for logistic and, you know, well. <laughs> What was the last tour that you did? Where, where did you where did you go to? Uh, I went to Finland, to Womex. It's okay. a big uh, music fair. Uh, fair yeah. Festival, yeah. Festival there of yeah. war music. Finland? Yes, Finland. Very cold <laughs> for a Cuban. <laughs> very, very cold. Headline. Very cold for yeah, a Cuban. And uh, also my musicians, they were having a hard time trying to warm, you know, get, get the warm energy to the people. Everybody's that. suffering. It reminds me, Telmari was saying that she just uh, cranks the heat up uh, in the recording studio because she can't make Cuban music in the cold. <laughs> no, it's super difficult. Is to yes to make people dance. You have to effort like double, no? Make double effort to. Yes. That's uh, that's terrible. Yeah, if you're trying to warm up, like literally warm up a crowd that is, you know, <laughs> in, in some sort of Finnish outdoor festival. Mm. Yes, but it's a, it was a great experience. I met a lot of musicians, also because I run a festival, a music festival in Cuba called Havana World Music. Yeah, no, we we got to talk about this festival. <laughs> yeah. But for you, so you go to a festival and you're like, oh, that's how they do this, and that's how they get yes. that. And I was there because I was doing an official showcase. Uh, but I also um, was there to see other performings and you know just to check what is going on with world music out of Cuba 
and uh, I made a lot of good uh, contact with musicians for the next edition of the festival. So I'm super, super happy about yeah. Well, let me ask another, just one other question about being a musician here before we uh, go and talk about the, the World Music Festival. But the one of the things that always impressed me was this kind of classical music education, you know, like mm-hmm. Laina and the fact that orchestral music, like, um, you know, like symphony music was a, mm-hmm. a big part of the education process here. Uh, did you go through that or did you always, were you a, a autodidact with music no no uh, i i study a lot of uh, classical music i started with when i was uh, seven years old mm. so i started to to play piano at that age classical piano you know like the whole step by step with the piano um i had a lot of good teachers uh, also Russian t-shirts. Right. Yes. I mean, it was kind of a connected yes. uh, experience. I, th- I right? think it's, that is one of the um, explanation why Cuban music is so good. And I think it's because it's a mix of the Russian technique with the African freedoms and also the Spanish influence. So, But the Russian were very important for the, you know, like the the good technicians of the pianist for example or um instruments like classical instrument uh so my education was like very hard very like special i mean it's funny it's like it is still a global luxury good i think i had a friend of mine who managed to get a a sort of angry older russian lady to come (laughs) and teach his daughter piano yeah and he was was very thrilled because you know he knows that this is this is how you learn piano yes (laughs) have a russian get very mad at you crying after every class you know like every class i went i went like scary about what is going on? I don't know what is going to happen in the class. And I always was ended crying, you know, with my dad. I don't want to go again. That is a case for the, the case for trauma, you know, and yeah. uh, mild trauma. In, and it really makes you strong, you know, when when you're a kid and you are you have this stress in your life, when you start when you finish that, nothing matters. You know, you have that a really, uh, you're very focused in your instrument, and you you get a lot of concentration in in your performing. So, I think it's it's good if, if you want to be like a classical, really classical music. That's the way. That's I'm sorry. <laughs> right. I mean, what could happen to you on stage that that your hasn't happened to you in, yeah, in the in, that's, that's the point in the lesson with your uh, teacher. Um, I you know part of the. I, I, part of the difficulty of the special period or, or one of the things that happened was that there was a divorce between Russia and Cuba, mm-hmm. you know, obviously the Soviet Union, and they started to have their own problems. Uh, did, did the Russian teachers stop coming then? Uh, I think, um, yes, they stopped coming, but a lot of Russian people just uh, moved to Cuba. And they they want to live here. I mean, that's a pretty solid move, if you yes. ask me. <laughs> if I were born in Russia, I would also want to move to Cuba. Yes. So the teachers that I remember in my school, they they lived in Cuba already. Uh, but yes, you know, there were like um, exchange program that they stopped at the time. 
uh, in the ballad and also is curious but we have a very good circus school huh. you can graduate from the university of circus so <laughs> this is funny but it's real that is real and that's some real i mean the soviets were just fanatics yeah. for circuses that is so that is so true yeah. so it's another one of those imports i guess or uh overlaps how do you it, i mean how do you view this system now so many years after the special period like there must be some sort of decline of this classical hardcore classical yes. system i think um yes uh we've been it i don't know how to say it in english but um every generation have been less good than you know than the older one what was the peak generation the 70s or my my mom's generation uh -huh. they were like the first generation of cuban classical music she started um choral conducting wow okay that was my the end of my career too i i stopped to play piano because it was very hard because of all <laughs> and the tears i choose my yes i choose my mom's career Uh, choral conducting, and that's the best generation of classical music in Cuba. Leo Brauer, for example, um, also Jorge Luis Prat is a great pianist. Um, the there are like a director, choral directors, very good, like Maria Felicia, for example. Mm. They are the best. <laughs> so that was that was the peak era, and now yeah, it's just the seventies. Mm -hmm. I think for Americans who tend to believe that Cubans are just born as fully formed soneros or something, you know, <laughs> that, that, that they're just born singing, especially, you know, popular music. Uh, it, you're right, it's that, it's that combination that, you know. It's a combination, yes. And also, for, of course, uh, the rhythm is very important. Uh, Cuban had this, have this natural rhythm in, his, in their bodies, so it's in the air. You know, it's, um, I was talking with my husband, he's from Spain, and, uh, you know, the, here is music everywhere. Everyone here in Cuba know how to dance. It's weird to find a Cuban who don't, has, doesn't know how to dance. Now, is that weirder than a Cuban who doesn't drink coffee or <laughs> about <laughs> the same? So my kid, he's just two years old, but because he's watching our neighbors and, you know, my, my family's party, Uh, how people is dancing he, he's just learning and my husband say I, it's, it's so hard for me from Spain to see how my kid with two years old he can dance and I, I cannot you know but this is in the blood this is something very natural for us uh, rhythms um, uh, parties uh, you know the weather is, is natural it's just part of the thing alright mm -hmm. so when you're putting together uh Is that our Cuban is, drama? The yeah. tropi drama. <laughs> tropi drama again. <laughs> If we could just pick up the line and put it to the microphone, I'm sure we'd hear somebody hustling something, you know, trying to figure out what's going on. Mm. Um, all right, so you're putting together this festival. How 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 old is it? How long has it been running? Seven. Seven years. years. Old, yeah. Okay, and it's annual every year. This is going to be the 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 yes the seventh edition. Okay. Um, what was the inspiration for it? Why, uh, why did you want to put it together? I started with another project called Para Mestizar. That I, I made a journey through Cuba to just 
um, study a little bit about Cuban influences. And I made a video, fi a five-minute video about all uh, about Cuban root. So I I found that we came from Haiti also, from Jamaica. We have a lot of freedom from them. We are youth people, uh, mm -hmm. Chinese, Japanese, uh, Russian, of course. Uh, Portuguese, Spanish, African. So we are not just from Africa and from f Spain. We are a big mix. Mm -hmm. And that, that was beautiful to find. And I, I did this video. This is a short video. And after that, I thought that we have so much war music inside Cuba huh. that we need something uh, like a platform, a stage, uh, even festival, something just to to show people our culture. And I decided to do this festival with another friends. Uh, and we found it seven years ago. You're bringing Cuban musicians who are representing different musical styles or you bring international artists or it's a mix? Everything. Okay. We, we bring everything. We bring international artists and we bring people from the, pro, uh, from the towns here mm -hmm. in Cuba that they have this information because, for example, uh, there's a group uh, from uh, yes, from Jamaica that their great-grandfathers came from Jamaica and they have this tradition. They know the songs, the rhythms, and they, they made a group, a band, um, just to remember their ancestors. And I bring them to Havana, put them in the stage, and show this to the young people. I think this is very important. People yeah. have to know that everything that we have in Cuba. In this year's edition, when is that going to be? Yes, it will be in March, in, in 19, 20, and 21st of March. Okay. And um, we'll, we're going to bring like eight, 18 bands. Who are you most excited about? Silvio Rodriguez. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yes, he's, okay. he's going to open the festival. You're not kidding around no. here. No. <laughs> <laughs> this is some serious stuff you're doing. Yes. Um, also, uh, Rodrigo Amarante, he's from, he was the one who wrote the Narcos song. Okay. You know this series from Netflix? I do, I do know the series. This, this, be the beginning, the song from the beginning. Uh huh. He's one of my favorite artists, and he's gonna play in the festival also. Lin Cortez from Spain, um, Danai Suarez, also the rapper, is coming down. Is okay, coming. Kelvis Ochoa, yes, also a great singer. December Bueno, yeah, okay. yeah. This is gonna be a big festival. That's yeah. a big party. <laughs> is it growing? I mean, or do you have a yes. size that you want to keep it at? No, no, it's growing, and this year I'm very happy we're going to do it in the in the baseball field. the The first edition was in this field, mm -hmm. and uh, we called the stage um, as the they are putting the for example the first base is called the the mind stage the first base. Okay, and so we call like the baseball names. Oh, got to it. The, and to the logistic a, festival. This is a big national stadium here. Yes, it's a it's a uh, Jose Antonio Cheverria, uh -huh. close to Malecon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we have the the sea in the background. Uh, yeah, <laughs> the Malecon will be there joining us. The 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 perfect uh, the the perfect sort of Cuban backdrop. Then. Yeah. 
Now, for you, um, you had said that your brother has stopped performing. He's just he's a fabrica man yeah. all the time. How do you how do you weigh that for yourself? Like, will you always continue to play? Do you think, or will there be a time where I will try to do my best? This is uh, complicated when you have another project. For example, the festival like took me a lot of time to just. Well, it's a big team. Also, I I work with like thirty people in every area in the festival but uh i will try not to do that because it's complicated when you disconnect people from your career and you try to reconnect with your fans you know so it's it's hard for my brother now who's trying to do his new music it's going to take a long time to just you know get in touch again with everyone who loves your way you know yeah who who'd forgotten that uh you were uh, the musician before yeah. the fabrica well that's a problem with success too yeah. right i mean of if course. the fabrica was something small that nobody knew yeah. about then equis would still just be a musician but now he's like the yes. fabrica dude so. of course it's a big project too yeah. and uh i think he he doesn't stop this is uh, another equis doing <laughs> another project so. so he's just gonna replicate himself and then yes. find more hours in the day um and for you you the success of the festival uh, you know you you want to make sure that it doesn't overshadow the fact that you can still get up there yes and throw it down especially because right now with all this internet thing and uh instagram if you just stopped you it's it's impossible to to get your your freedom again. It's so you know? crazy, yeah. Because people want to know exactly now what you're doing now. And if you just disappear, you disappear. <laughs> and then they're on to the next. It's a very, very hungry beast. Uh, yeah. I mean, it is it is weird. You said Havana's stuck, and, and I see it uh, in the lives of my friends and a lot of people. They're just kind of like, okay, we're still here. The one thing that is that is very different is that there are now a lot of people in Havana who have cell phones and data yeah. plans. And this is changing, and we just have like one year with our internet and our phones. Yeah. So we are not like <laughs> very old in this matter, but it's growing up, and and you cannot imagine how fast people is learning. Um, they're develop, developing apps, new apps for Cuba. Like we have a Cuban Uber. It's very funny. His name is Bahanda. Bahanda, yes. It's um, a reggaeton name song, Bahanda. Or uh, Sube also. Yeah. <laughs> Sube, yeah. And Bahanda works like Sube, right? You just text some dude on WhatsApp. And yes, but, and we don't have credit cards, so you have to pay uh, in cash. So, yeah, it's, we always find a way. <laughs> right. It is very funny. It's like you could do, you know, a thousand hour documentaries about <laughs> Cuban inventiveness yeah. and the ways that they kind of use one thing and upcycle everything into something else. But this Uber system here is great. And the, el paquete. You know what the paquete and is? The paquete. And but, the paquete is still happening, right? Yeah, still. Because you have internet, but definitely not enough to download a no. movie. No, no, of course. We have internet in the phones, but not in our houses, for example. Yeah. So, and it's very expensive for Cuban people. So this is how Narcos, for example, gets to yes. Cuba. And it's crazy because you, you see everything, you know, all the series, the, the movies. You are very well informed thanks to this paquete that is a hard drive that people 
just copy uh, from street to, to street. It's like you go to like a hospital of information and you get all what you want. It's very, very cheap for people. What What was the last paquete that you got? What was on there? That... I got all the Oscar movies. Okay. So yeah. they just give you the whole, the whole... The whole throwdown. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, the intellectual copyright stuff is a little. Uh, <laughs> this it, is out of a, every law. This yeah. is very but, illegal, of course. But listen, if you wanted to respect copyright law, create a world in which Cubans can fucking participate yeah. in the market. But there's no other way. So. So which which it's one? Very is, in turn. This is in Cuba. You know, this is not out of Cuba. It's yeah, for us. That is true. You're not going to see the pocket they, you know, spreading like wildfire <laughs> through uh, through New York. Although we do have in Chinatown, we've got our sort of little version of pocket they, which would just be like all sort of unlicensed DVDs that yeah. they sell on the street. But this is the pocket they is like a, it's a, it's a real cultural uh, yeah, rope ladder or something. No to be out of the world. I so think which so. one of those Oscar movies just moved you? Oh, a lot. I love you know, I love it, the Joker. Oh, yeah. Joker. Yes. Damn, that's dark. I love the music. And okay. I know... <laughs> that's a real musician. Yeah. Here you are, this bright light, this beautiful soul. Uh, the Joker is just incredibly dark, but you were able to just focus in on the music. The music was amazing. I was, I was like really, really amazed with the music. I touched myself. I know she won the the Oscar. Yeah, for a reason. Wow, she's amazing. (laughs) No, yes, that that is so true. I gotta watch it again and and try not to be so disturbed by the actual (laughs) content and just close my eyes and think about the music choices. You know, musicians. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. The festival. We're talking about the festival, and I just want to say I'm very proud about this work. These have been complicated to do especially with all these international artists coming to Cuba and try to show, you know, institutions that young people can do this kind of things. And we know how to do things. Um, I've been in in a lot of festivals around the world. Uh, I know how it works. And sometimes we have like this contradictions in Cuba that institutions, they're like old style. They want to do like... Um, things uh, for in, in the theater, for example, uh, they want to do like uh, this kind of programming where all genres go together. Everything is well organized, and no, I think is 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 works for the young people just to see a lot of music from a lot of plays and try to figure it out what uh, I like. And I don't know, this is have been beautiful. I mean, these things are difficult enough to pull off in any place on earth, but it does seem like Cuba, I mean, because this is a place where the state has run everything mm. and some, if it's not run, you know, if it doesn't really make sense, but the right ministries are involved, then that's just how it always was. And it's, mm. it really is, I don't, I think it's hard to communicate and probably hard for me to understand how revolutionary it is. It's probably the wrong word, but you know, mm. uh, like how innovative it is to create something that kind of exists outside of those structures. And you're right, you do have to like prove yourself and that this is a model that also works. Um, What's your favorite festival now outside of Cuba? Like what's one where you saw and you were just like, this is the vibe that I want to be able to have. I was invited to Walmart. Mm -hmm. And uh, I I think that's the top of the festival I've been uh, in my whole life. And I was invited because... 
I was the curator of Havana World Music. They wanna they want me to see how they do things, how they do the music program, and I I met the um, Anne, that she's uh, the programmer of the WOMAD Festival. Uh, she's amazing. She she's doing a great job with all this African, Asian, European music. So much information. Yeah. So much, you know, a lot of stage in the same place. It's it's a crazy. A lot of logistics yeah. too. And what was it about that? Was it the overflow of just like all these different styles, one after the other? Like what 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 you what made it your kind of favorite? Uh, I saw. Um, a lot of African music. I can't remember specific just one because I love all the African music that I saw. And it's because we are so far from Africa, you know, it's very expensive to bring musicians from there. And it's crazy because Cuban root, Cuban music root is from Africa. And we barely have any information of them. And it was crazy to just discover so much music from Mali from Nigeria, so I I love um, Mamani Keita. Mm -hmm. Yes, I love her. Wow, I love her music. That's so crazy though that you'd have to go to a third place to find <laughs> African music. Yeah, because it is. Yeah, I mean it's impossible. Oh, well, they don't have resources to uh, or support to come to Cuba. We mo we have uh, most of the band who come to a festival. They are from Europe. Mm -hmm. but they of course. They have enough money to they have get on a flight. And all the help they need to go everywhere. And Mexico, because it's very close and it's cheap to come here. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Well, we need to work on that kind of that, that air bridge between Africa and Cuba. Yeah, it would be amazing. I also met Salif Keita. Oh, wow. Yes, in Stockholm. And he wanted to come to Cuba so much so much but it was impossible to find uh means for him to come uh from cuba you know yeah we need like a third uh, agency you need the swedish government to step up and <laughs> help come, please <laughs> come on now they can do that um yeah. we're putting out a plea i mean you met him in stockholm so yes i, I met the, him the swedes and he loved cuban music he he really loved cuban music He knew Buena Vista, he knew Pablo Milanes, he knew wow. Silvia Rodriguez. They are so well informed about Cuban music. Well, I'm sure it's, you know, must be like the reaction you had at WOMAD. It must be like looking through a, a mirror of some kind, yeah. you know. A lot of different evolutions since it all, you know, but, but having come from the same root. Of course, and I think they're watching Cuba as the, the other... Uh, way that African music just went in the past because we are exactly we are like a mirror no in different parts yeah. of the of the planet um, are you able to bring any African musicians to the world music festival here I will I will work very hard to do it yeah this I'm, is the goal I'm for doing, 2021 yes I'm doing my best yeah <laughs> amen uh, last question for you You know, you've got a son now. He doesn't have a one-letter name, but he's <laughs> he's he's got your uh, he's got the family bloodline. Um, do you want him to become a musician? Is this is this a goal that you would uh, that you think for for this next generation should be something to achieve? Um, I would love that uh, he choose whatever he wanted to do. 
I will show him uh, my love for the music and for the art in general. Uh, of course, my he had this grandfathers and grandmother that is they're giving all the information they can because they want him to be a musician. But um, I just want him to be happy. And if he, we are in Cuba when he's a, an old growing up uh, person, I would love that he can help a little bit to culture, for example, um, uh, in every single area that he can do it. Uh, helping, please, helping this country that we need a lot of help from the young generation. There's a place to leave it. All right, Kaido, get to work. <laughs> yes. It's a lot. It's a burden, but you get yeah. there. It's a lot of responsibility, but I think, yes, we need we need it. Emmy, thank you so much for talking with me and for You're doing welcome. the work that you do. Thank you, Emmy. Thank you. The trip from Roads and Kingdoms is hosted by me, Nathan Thornburg. Alexa Van Sickle is our editor. Music by Dan the Automator. Episode illustration by Daisy D. Show artwork by Adele Rodriguez. Executive producers are me and Matt Goulding, also of Roads and Kingdoms. In the new year, we are moving to a once-a-week Monday schedule as we continue to introduce archive episodes that have never been made freely available on Apple or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. That means that we are headed back to Nairobi, where Joshua Obaga and I drink Sprite and chew cot mild leafy narcotic whose influence stretches from East Africa all the way into Arabia. Sure, we got a little jumpy, we talked a little fast, but we also covered all sorts of Kenyan cuisine and cooking, and we had a very good time doing so. That is Monday, January 4th, 2021. We will meet you there. <laughs>